good about not letting my fears hold me back. But in January of this year, I almost let my fears pull me down. And I'm going to tell you the entire story right after the introduction. I'm Jamie M. Swanson, and this is My Personal Brand Journey, the podcast for successful entrepreneurs and influencers who want to scale their business by growing their own personal brand. So let's dive right in. So I'm going to give you a confession of mine. I really don't like exercising. I mean, I do it because I definitely want to stay in shape because I know that if I want to live the best life that I want to live, I've got to have a certain level of health because I don't want to have all the health problems and whatever else that comes with old age. But I really don't like exercising. You know, I used to run because I considered it like the best workout you could get in the shortest amount of time, but I never loved it. Like maybe once a month I'd enjoy running, but it wasn't something that I ever said, oh man, it just, you know, I like how it made me feel like I did love that. But while I was doing it, like it just, I didn't get that runner's high. Like I know some people do. My husband is one. In fact, he's one of those crazy people who runs ultra marathons. And I say that in the most loving way because it's incredible what he does. But he's like, the more I run, the happier I get. And I'm like, the more I run, the more I want to die. So anyways, I'm getting off topic a little bit. But I really don't like going to a gym. I don't like running. I don't like working out just for the sake of working out. But it's worth it to keep my health going. So what I've found is that for me, in order to work out on a consistent basis, I need accountability, which is one thing. But I also need a really big goal that I can go after that I know I won't be able to reach unless I'm consistently training over a long period of time. So I did discover recently, gosh, last year, the year before, that I really love cross-country skiing. I think last year is when that really struck me hard. I'd done it before then here and there, but kept having babies. And so I wasn't doing a lot of skiing before then. And last year, I really did a lot of skiing and it made me feel great. I loved the experience. It was so much fun for me and it didn't feel like exercise. That was the best part of it. So this year, as the ski season was ending last year, I was thinking about how I wish we had more months of snow, which I know is a crazy thing to say in the middle of winter, because I wanted to be able to ski longer. And then I heard about this weird thing called roller skis, which is basically like cross-country skis that you use on pavement. And I was like, huh, maybe I could do that. Like, maybe that would be fun. And so I looked into it, and sure enough, they we tried them out before we bought them. Someone we know locally has a pair. And I fell in love. And so I bought myself a pair of roller skis. And then I signed up for something called the American Berkabiner, or the Berkey, as other people might call it locally. I think actually its website is even berkey.com. It's very easy to find. And it is a 55-kilometer cross-country ski race. So that's 34 miles, just over 34 miles, for those of you who want the conversion like I did. <laughs> that's a long ways to go, and I was nowhere near able to do that. Like My longest ski last year was like seven miles, and I was wiped out and dead before, like halfway through. It was a 
long slog for me. But I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was it was hard work. Skiing is no joke, even though it doesn't feel like exercise like running does to me. It's crazy. I don't know how to explain that better. So anyways, I signed up for this Berkey, even though it was crazy long, even though I don't really care about doing big races. Like some people always dream of doing marathons or like my husband, he gets excited by these long epic adventures, like the longer, scarier and more crazy it is, the more he wants to do it. I'm not one of those people, but I know that if I have something big like this, I can't just go out and do 34 miles without any exercise. In fact, I need regular exercise in order to accomplish that. So I got my roller skis back in June of last year, and I actually started an accountability group. I started in one. I don't think I was the one who actually started it. Maybe. I can't remember who started it exactly, but some of the people in my mastermind decided that we would start an accountability group on Voxer because all of us wanted to exercise more regularly. And so I got accountability signed up for this monster race, got my roller skis, and my goal was to roller ski three times per week at a minimum. Now, that didn't always happen over summer, and there were definitely times that held me back, but I was pretty consistently skiing at least two times, if not three times a week, even during launches, which was incredible to me. And I wasn't going very far, you know, anywhere from like two miles to four miles for the most part. Although by the time we got through summer and into fall, I was starting to ski a little bit longer on my roller skis. Now, it took me a good like two months just to get the hang of roller skis because they are definitely not the same as regular cross-country skis. They require a lot more balance and it was much more difficult to get the hang of it. You guys would have laughed so hard watching me do it. But I just kept at it. And little by little, I was able to increase my length and grow this base. But it was never long, long exercising stuff at that point. Like I wasn't I wasn't doing 34 miles. You know, I do maybe three. Well, usually it was like two, three mile skis and then maybe a five mile roller ski or a seven mile roller ski. And so that was great. And I enjoyed it. But then it got icy outside. And there was a small period of time, a couple of weeks, where I wasn't able to roller ski anymore because there was ice on the trail, but we didn't have enough snow here to ski. Now, I did get lucky in that it snowed here really early this year, and it's been a heavy snow year this year, which is great. But I was able to start skiing on regular skis in November, like late November, which is really early. Normally, I don't get on my skis until January. And so that was great. I got to go out a few times. Then we went to Arizona for two weeks. And my race, by the way, is uh, February 23rd, I think, or that weekend. It's, yeah, it's a Saturday. So you can look it up if you want to, but it's the end of February-ish. And so being in Arizona for two weeks with no roller skiing uh, meant that I was a little uh, nervous about not getting to work out during that time. I didn't bring my roller skis. We did do some hiking and a bunch of swimming and some other things. So it wasn't like I wasn't exercising at all, but I wasn't on my skis. And then I came back and I went immediately into launching my story session system course. And that the launch went pretty well, considering the entire huge like mess it was behind the scenes. Like it was an absolute disaster behind the scenes. And I'll talk about why that was in a different episode. I don't want to get distracted here. 
But I didn't get out on my skis a lot in January, only a couple of times. And I was, I think maybe once a week, maybe twice a week on a couple of weeks, but I was feeling pretty nervous and I started to really question if I should be doing the Berkey at all because all I had been doing was a bunch of shorter stuff. I didn't even know if I could do something longer. Like I could do maybe five miles. I think I did one 10-mile ski in January, which felt pretty good. But at that time, it was it was pretty icy the day that I went because, believe it or not, the different temperatures of snow make a massive difference. So the closer to the freezing point it is, the more moisture you have in the snow. And so as it gets colder and colder and colder, the snow like dries out. So when you're at, say, 30 degrees, it's really wet. And, and actually, it's kind of sloppy then. But when you get to like 20, it ices over real nice and it's really fast. And then as you get colder than that, it actually becomes more like sandpaper. So when it's in the single digits, it's really slow. It's not great. It's really funny how snow changes. Um, I'm sure somebody could give a more scientific reason for that, but it is what it is. But the day I went out to do my longer one, it was very icy and very fast. And so I didn't want to do some of the bigger hills on this, this area that had finally gotten enough snow to open up. And yet the Berkey has lots of hills. So the day I did 10 miles, it was on pretty flat terrain. Like there were a couple hills and it was fun because it was super fast, but it wasn't like the the Berkey was going to be. Because what I keep hearing about the Berkey, and I haven't done it, it's from one town to another town, but I keep hearing about how many hills there are, like one after another, after another, after another. So even though I had done 10 miles, which isn't even close to 34, and I got pretty worn out doing those 10 miles, I wasn't doing the same kind of terrain. It was much flatter, much simpler, and it made me really nervous. And I started to question if I should even do the Berkey at all. And I was really afraid that I wasn't going to be able to make it happen. And not only that, like after the launch, I went to San Francisco for like six days or five days or something. So there was no skiing during that. Right. And that was right at the end of January. So I realized and it had kind of been this nagging thing, like as we were in Arizona and then we came back and I was launching and then I was in San Francisco and which just sounds all super glamorous, but it's not typical that I'm traveling that much. It was pretty awesome, but I just realized that I was really afraid of how hard it would be. I didn't know if I would be able to do the hills without really hurting myself. And the other thing that had crept up on me was that I was really afraid of the trail itself because it was so unknown to me. Like I didn't know what to expect. And I was really afraid to fall on a trail that I like if there was a big hill that was going really fast down the hill and I and there's a big turn at the end, that's can be sometimes hard to stay up because if it's a sharp turn at the end of a hill, it's pretty easy to fall. Skis are pretty long and when you've got them in grooves when you turn like they don't always want to stay in the grooves and it's easy to lose your balance. So I worried about that and I worried about just like not knowing. There was something really like freaking me out about not knowing what the trail was, not knowing exactly how hard it would be. And I had really only skied kind of medium trails at that point. And like I had said, that icy day, I hadn't been doing the hills that much. And so I just, I didn't know if I had what it took. Like, could I even do that many miles? And so a couple of weeks ago, wasn't that long ago from now when I'm recording it. Actually, it was just last week. Gosh, it was only a week ago. Amazing. 
I knew that it was kind of the deciding point where I needed to figure out if I was going to do it or if I wasn't. And I needed to face my fears. So I went out to this trail system that is phenomenally well-groomed and just an awesome trail system. And conditions were pretty much perfect. I was a little bit on the warm side, so it wasn't like super, super, super fast, but they were still pretty fast trails and just well-groomed, ready to go. And I got on my skis and I went for it and I'm like, I'm going to ski long. I, I had about four hours to ski before the light was gone. And so I was going to ski the whole four hours, see how many miles I could get in. But the bigger thing was that I was going to go on a lot of the loops that I'd never been on before because I knew that I needed to get over my fear of trails that I wasn't familiar with and trying new trails. And I don't know why that tripped me up, but it really did in a big way. And so I went out. So there's there's three levels of trails. Green is the easiest. Blue is intermediate. And then the black is the really advanced stuff. And so I had done green and some blue before. And so these two loops were really big loops. One's like a five or six mile loop. The other one's just a two mile loop. But there were two loops that I skied that were blue, that intermediate level that I had never skied before. And I was a little nervous because sometimes the hills on the intermediate ones are pretty, pretty fast and pretty long. And it was the best thing that I could have done. Like I was really afraid, but as I got going, I'm like, oh, this was not nearly as bad as I had made it out to be in my head. Like I was really afraid that by not knowing the trail, I'd somehow like get really hurt or I don't know what, but I was literally afraid of what was going to be around the next bend, which sounds really cliche, but that was my actual fear on skis. And I was like, oh, I can totally do this. I was afraid of how hard it would be on a difficulty level. And I was like, dude, this is this is easy now. Like I can totally handle this. I can go up these hills. I can fly down these hills. And I can't even remember at some point early in the day, I was still really hesitant because I hadn't done a lot of hills up to this point. Because on roller skis, if you do a hill and you bite it, you are running into pavement and it hurts. In skis, when you're snow skiing, if like we have six, well, no, 70 inches, which is almost six feet of snow that we've had this year at the trail system. And so if you fall on the trails, like the trails themselves are packed, but if you fall onto the side snow, it's just like this huge pillow. And it's really actually quite fun to fall into it. Uh, it can be hard to get out of it. So it's there's not as much, much risk of injury unless you like hit your head on a tree or something, but most of them are far enough back that it's not a big deal here. And so I was still a little nervous going down the hills and I was still going down really stiff. Like there's one on this trail called the Bridge Run. And I was just like, it's a long bomber of a hill. And I just held my body rigid. I'm like, just keep your balance. Just keep your balance. And I had some fears because I did bite it pretty good, I think twice this summer, maybe three times, but at least twice that I can remember where it was really painful on pavement. And so I was more nervous this time and it was totally fine, but I was still that like stiff, balance, like not able to enjoy it more just like, okay, stay balanced. Don't move your skis. Just keep your legs loose and fly down this hill. Right. And so I did that. And then I got onto these new blue trails and I started doing the hills and something changed for me and that I stopped being so afraid of the hills. And I started going from like this stiff, scared pose to really loose and flowy. And I don't know how to explain that better, but there was one hill and there was a song playing in my ear or AirPods that 
I don't even remember what the song was, but I just remember feeling like all of a sudden I was going down this hill that I'd never gone down before and it was longer and it was relatively fast. And I kind of felt like I was on ice skates. And if you're, see all these winter sports, I hope you can relate to this, but if not, that's okay. But on ice skates, when you're skating, it's really smooth and it's fluid and it's like back and forth and back and forth. And I spent hours and hours. I mean, I spent my winters on ice skates as a kid. And so it brought me back to that where I relaxed my body. And instead of being really stiff, I just kind of went with the trail and I figured out how to do the cornering around like when we were turning down a downhill, not sharp turns, but like gentle turns. And it, it became fun. It was almost like I was uh, skating down the hill. And I don't know how to explain that better, but it was just the most relaxed, fun, like thing like super relaxed and I could enjoy it. And it was like, I even hooted a few times going down the hill. It was just great. I just had so much fun with it. It was such a huge difference from the scared, fearful, like position that I had going down the hills at the beginning of the day. And this one was bigger, scarier, and even curvier than that one. And it was awesome. And I just, I let go of that fear. Like I could do this, even if it was unknown, that was no big deal. Like it wasn't that bad, but I had heard so many stories about this race that there was still one more challenge I needed to overcome before I felt confident that I could do the Berkey. And I had heard about all the hills and about how hard they were. And so, you know, these blue trails, these intermediate trails, I'm like, oh, man, these are these are totally doable. I won't have any problem with these. Like these are easily within my realm of expertise. So if it was like this, I could do it. But I was afraid it was going to be all like the Black Hills or the Black Trails that were on the ski trails. And so I found the one really long black trail. It's like 25 kilometers one way. It's called the Picnic Loop. And I told myself that I needed to do it. And I was really scared because the start of the Picnic Loop, this black trail, this most advanced trail was like big hill. And at the bottom, I could see a curve. And I didn't know what came after this curve. And so I went for it and hesitantly, like, but I knew if I didn't do this, I wouldn't do the Berkey because I, I was afraid the Berkey would be too hard for me. And I had the confidence after doing these intermediate trails that I was afraid of that were no big deal that I could do this. And so, you know, I went slow at first. There's different ways to slow yourself down and I turned the corner and there was more hill. And then as you're catching speed, you do this really sharp drop, like, really fast at the bottom. And then you turn again. And it was basically all the stuff I'd been really afraid of. And I did it. And it was really fun. And I didn't fall. And yes, it was a little like nerve wracking at times, because when you're doing trail that steep and long, it's actually they often stop making the tracks for you. And you just kind of go on the packed snow, more like a downhill type ski. But Skiing on cross-country skis is very different than skiing on alpine skis because of the way the binding is and the boot is. There's just less control because you're only clipped in at the toe. Anyways, I did it. I got to the bottom. I survived it. It was fun. I was a little nervous about climbing up that hill to get back up because it was a long, steep hill. But it gave me so much confidence. And so I kept going and I, I went, I think about little over two miles on that picnic loop, on that advanced trail. And I could have gone many, many more, but I was afraid of running out of light. And <laughs> there's no phone service back there. So it's not the safest thing to be doing. If you fall and hurt yourself, you can't really call to get out of there. <laughs> 
But it was full of these massive hills, super long, super fast, somewhat curvy, lots and lots and lots of up and down. And they're like quarter to half mile hills. So we're talking long hills. And I loved it. Like I was so afraid of them. And I was kind of cautious at first, but after gaining confidence on those intermediate hills and on the intermediate trails and then getting on this, this was my favorite skiing of the whole day. And I was just shocked that I could go from so fearful to feeling like I had fall, like found what I was called to do and that I was made for that. Like it was the first time I've ever had something that was exercise just be pure joy. Like it was just incredible. And the moment wasn't lost on me. I mean, there was this one tiny point where there was this little yellow triangle sign that said caution (laughs) before a hill. And I'm like, oh boy, I've not seen any caution signs. And it was actually the hill behind me that I had just come up that I had just thought, oh, this is going to be really fun going down. Like no big deal. I thought it was for ahead of me. It was actually for behind me. And I just, I can't believe the transformation that happened in such a short amount of time just by facing my fears and going for it, by like not allowing my fear to hold me back. And the most, I think, joyful part of it all was seeing that this thing that I was really afraid of and all this unknown that was ahead of me was actually what I enjoyed the most. And it was what brought me the best pleasure And it was what I felt created to do. Like, I feel like I am a skier, that I'm going back to the Norwegian roots in me. It almost felt like I was like connecting with, you know, my ancestors or something. It was just so, so incredible. And I, you know, I had to turn around. I didn't even want to turn around when I did, but I knew that it was, I needed to do that so that I didn't get caught out there in the dark because there are no lights, none, zero lights for like miles. It is literally the wilderness. And the thing that made it convince me to finally turn around, because I just kept going a little further, a little further, was that next time I would get more unknown trails to explore. Like that fear of me of not knowing what was ahead was now like something I could look forward to, that I got to discover something new and that there'd be more new joys for me to experience if I turned around when I did instead of continuing to go. And that was cool too, because it was just a total mindset shift. So I ended up doing just over 15 miles that day and I could have kept going. Like I was running up the hills, which sounds funny because I was on skis, but it really is like a run. And I wasn't afraid to go down the worst and the longest of the hills. And it was just, it was just such a cool four hours of transformation. So here's the things I want you to take away from this story. One, what are you really, really afraid of right now in your business or in your life? Like, what are you putting off that you know it's just because you're afraid? Like, really be honest with yourself and think about what you're afraid of. For me, I recognize that I was afraid of trails that were unfamiliar to me where I didn't know what the terrain was going to be like. I was afraid of the difficulty, the obstacles, the hills I was going to face. I didn't know if I had what it took to do that. And I was really afraid that I didn't have the endurance 
to do long distances on my skis. Even though I had been training for months, they weren't, I wasn't doing lots of long miles during those months. And all of those things were crushed when I just went after them. I just said, you know what? Okay, let's go on an unknown trail. Let's go on the hard trail. Let's see how long I can go. And I would have gone longer if the light hadn't run out. That was by far the most fun and rewarding ski I have ever had in my life. And I know there'll be more to come, which is really fun. But I didn't realize what my full potential was until I stepped outside of my fears and I went for it. And I know that that's going to be the same for you. So I just want to encourage you today. What are you really afraid of? And how can you face that and overcome it today? How can you have that courage to move forward and start testing those fears and seeing if they really hold any weight, right? Like, it's true. I might have gone on that hill and said, no, this is too hard. And maybe I wouldn't have done the race then, but at least I would have known and not let that experience or that fear keep me from even trying. Because when I face my fears and I move forward, I found one of the greatest joys I've had. And I know that this is something I'm made to do. And I believe that you probably have fears in your life. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're not the most rest of us. But if you're like most people I know, there's probably fears holding you back from the things that you love the most, especially. Like maybe you're trying to build this business of yours and you're really afraid that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes, that It's going to be too hard that maybe you're going to get too far down the road and you're going to come across something that you just can't get past or you can't handle. But if you never start going down that road, you might miss out on what could be potentially the best joy and satisfaction that you've ever experienced in your life. You might have been made to run a business And you could be letting this fear hold you back from becoming the person that you were created to be. And I do not want you to miss out on discovering what your full potential could be because you've got fears. So figure out what your fears really are. And I know that can be hard because we have to be honest with ourselves. So whenever we're feeling hesitant or uncertain about something, really try and sit down and just figure out what is it about that? Is there a fear there? hesitation. What's the basis of that? Most of it comes down to fear. At least that's the experience I've had. And then say, okay, how could I craft an experience or what could I do that goes directly in the face of these fears to overcome them? So I encourage you to tell somebody. I have my accountability group. They've been awesome. So tell somebody, then go out and face your fears. Because if you don't, I could have missed out on one of the greatest potential joys of my life just because I was afraid. And I'm so glad I did this. And I don't want you to miss out on something that could potentially be what you're created to do. So give it a try. Let me know how it goes. Send me an Instagram DM. Maybe take a screenshot of this episode and then post it in Instagram stories and tag me in it tag personal brand journey podcast if you want to. And let me know. I want to hear what fears are holding you back from your dreams and what you've done to overcome them. And I'll let you know how my race goes. It's coming up in two weeks from when I'm recording this. So it'll be probably about a week away, maybe a little less by the time you listen to this podcast. But I want you to go out there, reach your full potential and let me hear about it because 
It's so good. It's so good. And yeah, I've got more lessons from skiing I want to share with you, but I think I'm going to end there today. So in the next episode, just kind of as a little teaser, I'm going to share with you the best way to grow an audience, no matter what platform you're using. And so you're definitely not going to want to miss out on that. And so I will see you in the next episode. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now, you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now, this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer, I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen, all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is gettheprivatepodcast.com. And have a great day. Thanks for listening.